Section 12 of Stories in Black and White. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Wendy Almeida. The Golden Rule, Part 1, by Mrs. Oliphant. The breakfast-room in the vicarage at Leighton Furnace was one of the most cheerful rooms you can imagine, especially at the hour and the meal to which it was devoted. It got all the morning sun, and on a warm morning in May, when the lilacs with which the lawn was surrounded were in full bloom, and the pretty breakfast-table was adorned, as all tables are nowadays, with the flowers of the season, wallflowers, golden and brown, with the dew still on them freshly gathered, making a glow of color among the white china, and filling the room with fragrance, you could not have seen a pleasanter place and the family gathered round the table was in every way suited to the place first the vicar sixty hale and hardy with white hair which was exceedingly becoming to him and a fine country colour speaking of fresh air and much exercise second his wife mrs winyard ten years younger very well preserved who had been a handsome woman in her day and third emily not perhaps to be described in these words but yet a young woman whose looks were not to be despised and who would have been an important member of any household in which she had found herself it was a special providence mrs winyard believed all things considered that up to this moment her father's house had pleased her more than any other and that no suitor had carried her away for it need scarcely be said that in this pleasant house everything was not pleasant had all been well with them the historian would have had nothing to tell from whence no doubt comes the saying whether appropriated to countries or to wives that those are the happiest of whom there is nothing to be said the post had come in just before the moment at which this episode in their lives opens and the ladies as was natural had thrown themselves upon their letters the vicar for his part had opened his newspaper which is the natural division i do not say of labour in the circumstances for at sixty a man and especially a clergyman gets a little indifferent about his correspondence which is generally more a trouble than a pleasure whereas a woman's interest in her letters, even when they are about nothing in particular, never fails. This morning, however, there was some special interest which made even the vicar's absorption in his newspaper a little fictitious. When Mrs. Winyard and her daughter took up the letters, they both in one breath exclaimed, Jack! throwing aside the other items of their correspondence as if they mattered less than nothing. When he heard that exclamation, the vicar looked up from his paper and said, Well, sharply, looking from one to another, but receiving no reply after a moment's interval, returned, or seemed to return, to his reading. He knew by long experience that Jack's letters generally meant some scrape or other, and he was relieved when he got no answer. 
but still i think his newspaper for the moment was more or less a pretense jack was not a son appropriate to a vicarage he was not of the kind of those who are their father's favorite and their mother's joy how it is that this comes to pass who can tell with everything to lead him to do well every tradition and habit of life in his favor he had not done well he should have been ready to step into the vicarage in his father's place for it was a sort of family living securing many good things to the fortunate inheritor but it was soon found that this was out of the question not in the way which is most respectable and even superior nowadays entitling a young man to the interest and admiration of everybody that of religious doubts and scruples but in a more vulgar way which secures nobody's interest he had not managed even to take his degree he had done nothing that he ought to have done and instead of being in orders or at the bar or a fellow of his college all which would have been things reasonable and to be expected he was in a merchant's office in london sadly against his will and against all the prepossessions of his family but what was he then to do jack had nothing to suggest what he would have liked would have been to do nothing at all but failing that he did not mind what it was it was considered a great piece of luck when his father's old friend mr bullock took him into his office at an age when young men are not generally taken into offices and for a time it was supposed that jack was going to do very well but in an evil hour mr bullock sent him on a commercial mission to america in which jack was not successful perhaps because he thought a voyage like that was chiefly a frolic perhaps for other causes he had not been successful but yet when he returned home considerably after the time at which he ought to have returned home he was not dismissed because of his employer's affection for his father mr bullock however took an opportunity of telling the vicar privately that jack would not do anything in business he may make his own living as a poor clerk the merchant said which is a dreary thing to look forward to i gave him a chance but he hasn't taken it i felt it my duty to tell you winyard if you can find anything else for him where he may do better don't hesitate to take him away the vicar knew very well this meant that his commercial friend would be glad to get rid of jack but he did not take the hint it is always something that he should be making his living he said and mr bullock was too great a friend of the winyards to send their boy away but jack got on worse than ever after that unsuccessful attempt as for making his living his mother knew how many little things there were to be made up it was a knowledge which the ladies of the family kept as far as they could from his father but when he got into any bad scrape this was not possible so that all the members of the family were a little afraid as well as eager to see what was in jack's letters when they came they did not come very often and two in one day was a thing which probably had never happened before 
the scrape must be graver than usual to warrant such an effort on his part they all thought each of the recipients gave a little gasp on opening her special communication but neither said anything which at first was an ease to the vicar's mind but the letters were long another wonder and after a while he became impatient when emily had reached the fourth page of hers which her father saw in some miraculous way through the times he put down his paper altogether and again said well in a still sharper tone oh papa the most wonderful news emily said well cried mrs winyard not to be behind i can't tell you if it is well or not but it is something at least that i never thought i should live to see it may be the making of him mother cried emily or his ruin mrs winyard said what is it cried the vicar bringing down his fist on the table in the name of it was only to be expected from a vicar that he should never use any bad words and neither did he make